Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. Well, good evening, River of Life. I'm so glad that you're here and we're excited about what God is doing. Can I just tell you that today was an amazing day here at River. I uh, have been here since this afternoon and I was watching as our food bank and our clothing closet were in operation. And I just want you to know that it was unbelievable to me to see the amount of people that came onto these grounds. We had a record day, 79 families came onto the grounds here in East Missoula and they received hope. And can I just say, I went outside for a little bit and, and there was different people in the parking lot. I had a gentleman come up to me and he told me that he was in jail not that long ago and he was watching River of Life online and he just wanted to thank us for all that we're doing in the jail because he said there are people watching, they're hearing, they're receiving hope. And so I'm super grateful uh, just for the faithfulness of, of you being willing to give, not only of your resources, but of your time. And because of that, we're able to do, we're able to reach people that are far and beyond this room. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, we are starting a new series that we're calling Armor Up. And so we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 6, starting with verse 10. It says this, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take a stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, and the breastplate of righteousness in place. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Let's pray. God, in the next few moments as we look at your word, I pray, Father, that you'll show us exactly what we need to see. God, I know that for many of us, Maybe we've even been raised in the church and we've heard this scripture time and time again. But God, as we walk through this series, I pray that you'll illuminate newness of your word to us. God, that you'll show us what we need to see. And God, for those who are hearing it for the very first time, I pray that they'll have a new understanding of who it is that we're called to be and how it is that we're called to live. We praise you for that. We are so grateful for all that you're doing. Father, we lift up those who are watching in Malawi and those who are watching in the prison God, those who are in Alaska and those who are watching live with us right now in Wyoming, we're so grateful that, Lord Jesus, you are, your word is being spread. So, God, continue to use us, Father. I pray that we will get out of the way and that, Lord, you will be front and center in all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. So I want us to spend the next few weeks, and we're going to look, we're going to break this verse down just a little bit, but what I want you to first of all understand is that oftentimes I think that we, especially in Western culture, live our lives striving for vacation, striving for comfort. But as we look at Paul's words here, what he's saying is we are at war. And can I tell you that war is hard? 
If you're, if you're living your life trying to just find how you can be more comfortable, you're not doing it right. See, we can pretend that we're not at war, but it doesn't change the fact that we are. The enemy is always looking to gain new ground. He knows that our time is limited, knows that his time is limited, and so he wants to gain as much ground as he possibly can. Now, we've watched over the last decade, and the enemy has pushed into territory that had you told us a decade ago, we never would have thought that he would ever have gained the ground that he's gained, but he continues to push, and oftentimes it's because the church is focused more on their recreation than they are on, on winning the war. An armored and defenseless church makes the devil's job easy. And thus this series we're calling Armor Up because we're going we're gonna to walk this out a little bit. But what you need to understand is this verse does not say put on, you know, the bathrobe of peace <laughs> and the slippers of salvation, right? It doesn't say that. Everything that it talks about is something that you need to be involved in a battle, and so we need to realize that that is what God is calling us to. And we're going to go in the order that, that the scripture uses. So week by week, we're going to kind of walk this through. And I'll be honest with you, starting with the belt, the belt is kind of an accessory item. And I kind of wanted to skip to the sword because the sword is the cool part, right? But the belt of truth is very important. Anybody in the room ever have a belt of truth? Some of you know what I'm talking about. It's when you're still saying, oh, I've been a 32 waist since I was in high school. <laughs> the belt of truth. We'll see. Try putting on that high school belt and see if that's true or not. There's something about a good belt. And as I was thinking about this, uh, I was thinking about, it, was, it wasn't too long ago that I found myself in a store. And there was a gentleman there and he was, he was shopping with his wife. And he, he bent over to pick something up. And was giving everybody in the aisle a show that no one wanted to see. And we all know what I'm talking about right now. And his wife, his wife, wives, let me just say something to you. Be discreet. His wife was not discreet. She said, she said out loud, there's a bunch of us in the aisle. He's doing this thing over here. And we're all kind of like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll just kind of ignore what's happening over there. And she goes, pull up your pants and put a belt on next time. And we're all like, oh, all right, we're leaving this aisle right now. Whatever I needed from that aisle, I'm not getting right now. Truth hurts sometimes. But truth in love, and it, it makes us better. And we, w we went through a whole series called No Lies. And that's why actually this one, I was like, oh my goodness, we're jumping right back into where we left off when we, when we ended that series. But the more that I began to dig into this and the more I began to look at it, the more I realized how important this actually is. Because Paul tells us, listen, you need the belt of truth. You need to understand the importance of wearing the belt of truth in all that you do. We talked in the No Lie series about this idea of truth being fluid and my truth may be different than your truth. And I told you during that series that that, in, that enlightened stuff, that's not true. It's garbage because there is a truth. 
There's not your truth and my truth. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 says, Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one uh, who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. So as we look at scripture, it's saying, listen, we need to not only know the truth, but we, we need to speak the truth. We need to share truth. When we see something untrue, we need to speak to it. You can watch the news today and you can hear one thing on one channel and then change to the next news channel and hear the exact opposite. You can go to church here this weekend and you could go to another church tomorrow and you can hear something maybe completely different than what I'm going to share with you today. So why is it important that you're in the word? So you know the truth. Don't take my word for it. Get into the word so that you know it. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14 says this, but I am not surprised even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no wonder that his servants has, have also disguised themselves as servants of righteousness. In the end, they will get the punishment their wicked deeds deserve. So I just feel like we are in a time and a season, and again, I don't want to keep reiterating this, but I just feel like we're in this space where we need to realize how much the truth is under attack. And the church has gotten to this place where we don't want to wear the belt of truth because sometimes the belt of truth is uncomfortable. But can I tell you, if you're going to battle, see, that's fine. If your life and your world is about being comfortable, then yeah, we don't need the belt. I just want to be comfortable. I'm going to put on my sweatpants. I don't need a belt with my sweatpants. Everything is great. But if you're going to battle, you need to realize that you, what you don't want to be is in the middle of a battle. You got your shield in one hand, your sword in the other hand, and your pants are drooping. Because guess what? Your focus is not going to be where it needs to be. When the battle hits, truth is important. Truth is necessary. So we can treat the belt of truth like it's an accessory, but it's actually a very important part of the armor of God. Sometimes we can get to a place, and we've talked about this a lot in here, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but where we water down God's word where we do that because we think it makes things more comfortable. Again, if the goal of the church is to be comfortable, then that makes sense. But the goal of the church is to win the battle. We are at war. Jason, some parts of the Bible, we know that they're offensive and they can hurt people. And we've talked about that where you wipe things out. You walk around trying to hold things together, but you lack blessing in your life and you have fear in your future and you feel defeated in your spirit because you don't have the belt of truth. The antidote to fear is truth. You're no longer a slave, but now you're a child of God. It's hard to win a battle when you don't have the belt of truth. Being a child of God changes everything. You're part of a family now. And the problem is that when we begin to change and remove things out of God's word, we're actually changing his character. And then it's, it's a struggle for us to know what's true and what's not true anymore. 
1 John chapter 5, verse 20 says this, And we know that the Son of God has come, and he has given us understanding so that we can know the true God. And now we live in fellowship with the true God because we live in fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the only true God, and he is eternal life. So as we look at Scripture, we need to realize that it is, it is holistic. Okay, We need all of it. There's not parts of it that we don't need. We need it all. We need, we need every verse in this book. And when we begin to wipe, part, wipe parts out, what we, what we do is we change God's character. And so when we go, hey, you know what? I like the book, but I don't really like the part where it says that you shouldn't sleep with people before you're married to them. So we take out Matthew chapter 5, verse 27 and 28. We remove that right there. But then it's hard for us to hold on with any real faith to the part that says that we are overcomers in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. If we white out the part that says babies in the womb are choices and not God-ordained people, so we remove Galatians chapter 1, verse 15, then it's hard for us to keep, keep up with the real, realization that he's our healer in Matthew chapter 8, verse 16 and 17, because we began to remove things. So how do we trust the parts that we like when we remove the parts that we don't? When we white out how God defines marriage in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, and then doubt creeps in when we hear that he's our provider in Luke chapter 12. So our, I know some of you are here and you're like, Jason, you just literally did a whole series on this. But this is so vital to where we are. It's so important I was thinking last week how society is redefining words and meanings in order to breed confusion and chaos. Can I tell you that what, what happens is society begins to redefine words and then they begin to redefine actions and then they begin to redefine what is true and what's not. I heard this week, and this, is, this makes me sick to even say this. I heard this week that uh, I, multiple people, I, I saw this on the news and they were talking about multiple different people, including teachers in some of the schools, are talking about uh, this new word that they're using called MAP, and it stands for minor attracted person. And it's what they're using instead of the word pedophile because MAP is not offensive to the pedophile. Because when you say pedophile, they get discriminated against, and we don't want anybody to be discriminated against. See, we change the word so we can change the action so we can eventually change what people see as true and what's not. It's not okay. And the church needs to find its belt. because it's only gonna get worse. Things that we never thought, when I heard that, I thought this cannot be real. It can't be true. This can't be the reality that we find ourselves in, but it is. Because everything just continues to devolve and devolve and devolve until there's no rules, until everything goes, until somebody who has a sickness that needs help now we don't see it as a sickness anymore. We see it as normal at the cost of our children. 
This truth is the real holistic healer. If you believe the whole thing, it will heal you. John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. It's either true or it's not. Can I just tell you that we live in a society in a time right now where I just heard somebody just this last week, and they were talking about how they believe in Jesus. Oh, I believe in Jesus. I think Jesus is awesome. I believe in Buddha. I believe in all. And they began to list all the things that they believe in. And, and I had to go, like, what about the verse? Can we talk about the verse where Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I said, so either he's a liar, and then I don't know why you like him if he's a liar, or it's true. So if it's true, then you need to understand this is the way. You can't have it both ways. Can you imagine if somebody said, hey, I want to marry you, but I only want to marry part of you. I want to marry your paycheck and not your morning breath. I want to have a house with kids, but not the balding, aging pot belly. I mean, you know, you can't do that. Either you take it or you don't. Either you believe it or you don't. You don't get to take parts of it. So put on the belt of truth or change your pants. That poor guy. That poor guy. <laughs> Hope he's not here. That's horrible. <laughs> to some, that's offensive. The enemy loves to hear Christians being afraid to offend. The very nature of truth is that it will offend those who choose not to believe it. That's the nature of truth. So as we talk about the fact that this verse that we started with is saying that the battle that we're in, we're not battling against people. And the church, we got to get this because I'm guilty of this as much as anybody else is. There's a lot of times where I feel like that person's against me, this person's against me, that person's trying to hurt me. And so my, my mind and where my energy goes is to battle people. And Paul tells us, listen, your battle is not against people. Your battle is against an enemy, and he is spiritual, and he is, he, is, he is conniving, and he knows how to lie, and he knows how to steal, and he, needs to, he knows how to rob from you, and you need to pay attention. So if the church would get out of the trying to be comfortable and, and live to where we can have all of our, all of our not just our needs met, because Jesus will provide your needs for you, but we get to a place where not only do I want my needs met, but I want my, I want my comforts met, I want all my wants met, and once I achieve all those things, I'll think about the, the pursuing God stuff. And we miss out because Paul says, listen, you are already in a battle. And why is it that that's so important? Because this is but a breath, this life that we're in. We're here to make a difference in this world. That's why we're here. Can I just tell you, you do this world right, you're going to have all the comforts and peace and joy more than you could ever imagine. You're going to have, you're going to have luxury and, and the swimming pool you always wanted and all the things because he will provide for you. But we spend this life trying to make those things happen. And Paul says, no, 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 you are in a battle. Armor up. Armor up. Put on the belt of truth. 
Begin to speak truth in love to people. Begin to share that, hey, you know what? I'm not buying in to what this world says is true anymore. It's okay for us to say, you know what? That's fine. You keep evolving your truth. My truth has been based on a foundation that is never changing. So you can say whatever you want to say. You can do whatever you want to do. None of that matters because my truth has not changed since the beginning of time. Since when God breathed this world into existence, truth has been truth, and it does not change. It does not falter. Third John chapter 1, verse 11. Dear friend, do not... Imitate what is evil, but what is good. Anyone who does what is good is from God. Anyone who does what is evil has not seen God. So if we change the truth just a bit so that we can fit in better, they'll accept us a little bit more and then maybe we can witness a little bit better. That's called imitating the world. Maybe you're here and you go, man, yeah, I want to wear the belt of truth, but I just want to wear it kind of loosely, right? That's more comfortable, right? I'll I'll put the belt on. How many of you ever wore a belt and you didn't, it wasn't even tight enough to really do anything, right? That's an accessory. What Paul's talking about here, that's not an accessory. It's a necessity, right? There's a difference between an accessory and a necessity. So when we put on the belt of truth, It can't be loose. It's got to be doing its job. It's got to be uncomfortable at times. Because that's where we live now, church. We've got to live in a space where we are okay with being uncomfortable because God is calling us to step in. We need to be the truth dispensers in this world. But we also need to be advised as to how to do it. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 25. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to the knowledge of the truth. So I want to land here for just a few moments because this is an important point. We can get like all excited. We're, we're, we're getting armored up. We're ready. God's calling us. We're in the battle. Things are going to change. We're going to step in and we can do all of those things. But as we look at what, what we find in second Timothy, it's saying, listen, there are going to be opponents, but we need to gently instruct them in the hope of God. Why? So that they will hear it and it will change their life. This is not, it doesn't say, Hey, opponents, you know, scream at them on Facebook and make them feel stupid right? Because that doesn't do anything. The end goal for everything that we do, again, if we're battling flesh and blood, then that's different, but that's, we're not. Paul says, you're not battling flesh and blood, you're, you're battling the enemy. So when somebody is doing stupid and they're saying stupid and they're, and they're not walking in what is real truth and they're, they're saying things like, oh, we're going to talk about it being called maps instead of pedophilia anymore, then that's stupid. But that person isn't the enemy. 
The end goal is how amazing would it be for that person, that teacher, that, 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 that doctor, whoever that is, for them to come to a realization of Jesus' love for them. And all of a sudden their eyes are opened and they begin to see things with fresh vision because God loves them even though they're doing stupid. Many of you in the room need to be reminded that you came from stupid. You're well-versed in stupid. Somebody raised your hand. I love you. So we can't now get to the place where now I'm on the winning team. Destroy that person. No. Love that person. Show that person truth. But the way that we do that is we've got to be real and we've got to be honest with them. We got to show them what truth looks like and the fact that even though they're misguided in their moment right now, that God sees them and he has a plan for them and all of a sudden we love them into the kingdom. The amazing thing to me right now is, is, is in the time and the season that we find ourselves in is how much of the church sits quietly. And I get it because it's hard sometimes. We don't want people to be offended. We don't want people to get their feelings hurt. But I, I, had, this, I had this vision this week where I just feel like, what if, what if I had a friend and they're a good friend of mine and they're walking and they're texting while they're walking? How many of you ever watched any of those like, those like fail videos where people are like in the middle of the street and they're walking and they're texting and they trip or they fall into a fountain in the mall and all those things? But imagine if your friend is, is not looking, he's not paying attention, and he's walking, and there's a cliff that's just right there. Now, now would you say something? Would you yell? Would you, would you tell them to look? Would you, and you go, well, maybe my friend doesn't believe in cliffs, okay? <laughs> well, he will in a minute, right? So, so we would absolutely, and if you wouldn't, then you're not a good friend, Okay? But if, if your friend is doing that and they're headed towards destruction, you would do whatever you could. You'd stand in front of them. You would, you would yell. You would tell them to look up. You would say, look where you're headed towards. But, but for many of us, the church right now, we sit silently. Well, I don't want to offend them. What if, what if he's, what he's doing is important to him right now? I don't want to interrupt. No, that's stupid. We would speak up. Speak up, church. Put on the belt of truth. It's uncomfortable sometimes. But we got to walk in it. So over the next few weekends, we're going to be spending some time looking at some of the tools that Paul tells us are necessary for us to win. But today as we're talking about truth, in just a moment the worship team is going to come and they're going to lead us in some more worship, but... I really felt like today, there's some of you that you've got people in your life and they're, they're walking towards a cliff right now. And maybe you've tried and you, you've even reached in and tried to speak truth to them and all those things and maybe it hasn't worked. But for some of you, I believe that there are many in the room right now that you've said, well, I'm just gonna be a silent example to them. And I'm telling you right now that we are in battle and the, the amazing thing about the battle that we're in is Satan won't win unless we stop fighting. He can't win unless we quit. Because God is already in charge. 
He's already won the battle. So what he's looking for is for the soldiers to walk into the victory he's already won. So for some of you, you got people in your life, and I'm just, I felt like this afternoon I was praying over what we were gonna, how we were going to end this. And I really feel like for some of you, you need, to, you need to armor up. Because there are some of you in this house that you've given up on some people. You've said, yeah, I don't think they'll ever come around. I don't think that, 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 they have, that they'll ever accept Christ. And so you've just kind of set it aside. And I'm telling you tonight that I've been praying and I'm believing that if you will armor up, if you will put on the belt of truth, you'll begin to speak truth in love to them. That the season is coming where turn is going to happen. Where change is coming. Where people who are lost will be found. Where those who seem too far gone will, will come to a realization of Jesus Christ. I was talking to a young man just today on the phone. He was a kid that was in my youth group when I was in Green Bay, Wisconsin. He got onto Facebook. I haven't talked to him in 15 years. He got onto Facebook and he, and he wrote me a message and he said, I really enjoyed the No Lies series. And I said, man, how are you? And he said, I'd love to have a phone conversation. So I called him this afternoon. We spent some time on the phone and I said, how are things going? And he said, man, I walked completely away from God. He goes, I, I, was, I was headed nowhere good. He said, and I used to work with his mom. And so he's, I, he said, my mom, he goes, I got three kids. And my mom called me one day and said, if you're not going to straighten up and bring those kids to church, I'm going to pick them up every Sunday and I'm going to bring them to church. And so she did. And after a few weeks and a few months went by of them waking up to get their kids ready and send them out the door with his mom, one day they said, we're going to go with you. So I went to church. And she sat there and she said, I've never given up. I've been praying and I've been believing. Can I tell you that they're running an incredible food bank ministry in the church that they're at. And God is just doing incredible things. He said, he said, Jason, I, just, I would like to talk to you at least once a month. Can we just talk? See, the thing is, we got to understand this battle is real. And the enemy will take whatever ground will secede to him. It's time for us to stop giving up ground. It's time for us to start standing and fighting. So over these next few weekends, we're going to talk about what that looks like for the church in, in this time in history. Because it's time for the tide to change. It's time for revival to come. It's time for people to rise up and be unashamed of who Jesus is. And let's watch what he does. Will you close your eyes with me for the next few moments? I really feel like tonight there's some of you that are in this room. And, and even as I said those words uh, about somebody that you maybe have given up on. That, that there's somebody that's come to your mind, whether it's a, a relative or a friend, a neighbor, somebody that you just have not really felt like they would ever come to a place where they would surrender themselves to Jesus Christ. Tonight is your night for you to go, you know what? I am, I'm gonna lean in and I'm gonna pray for that person. And God, I'm gonna ask that you would give me opportunity even this week to speak truth to them, to show them that there is truth. To remind them of a God who loves them. And I, I am believing that we are going to begin to hear testimonies of people who had given up and now they're seeing loved ones come back to Jesus. Parent in the room, 
who your child has gone astray and you've tried every which way, don't give up. Don't quit. God loves your child more than you do. He's, he's calling. Now let's pray that they listen. Let's pray that they hear. Whether it comes from your voice or someone else's voice. God, right now we just come before you and Lord, we are ready to armor up. We're ready to fight. God, for many of us in the room, we have lived our lives with comfort in mind. So Lord, we are reminded today that you didn't call us to the bathrobe of peace. But God, you've called us to put on the full armor of God because the day is here and it is time for us to stand. So God, I pray that whatever that looks like in our own lives, that God, we would do just that. God, I pray for those in this room who have somebody in their life that is not pursuing you, not following you, not believing you, not taking you at your word. Somebody who has dismissed your word, in fact. God, I pray that we will put on the belt of truth, that we will be prepared to fight for that person. We're not fighting that person, we're fighting for that person. So God, right now, we just stand on your victory. And Satan, we give you notice right now. You have no authority in Jesus' name. We take back what you've stolen because God has given us the authority to do just that. So God, I pray that you would help us to see your truth, the real truth, and that we would walk that out. Father God, we give you all the glory today in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand as we worship? The altars are open, and I just want to encourage you. Some of you, you need to come to the altar on behalf of someone else. You need to come, and you need to just spend some time laying them there and saying, God, they are yours, and I'm trusting you. Do what only you can do. Amen? Amen. Let's worship together. Hey, thanks for listening. River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. We exist for one purpose, to make Jesus famous by showing his love to the lost, broken, and hurting. For more information, you can check us out online at rolmt.com. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you about what comes next. Shoot us an email at nextstep at rolmt.com. Thanks.